This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. This is BetQL Daily, presented by BetMGM from BetQL. Welcome back to Becky Well Daily, presented by BetMGM. Eddie Gross, Joe Ostrowski, and Aaron Hawksworth here with you. We'll get to Clev TA in just a bit. But first, Joe, I'm curious, when we're talking about young quarterbacks, and we will have a couple of them here tonight uh, between Justin Fields and Sam Howell, I'm curious of all of these, and we can include the rookies as well because C.J. Stroud is off to a great start. Is there one young quarterback, let's say three years, two years, or one year, where there's the most upside? You feel like they have the most potential and perhaps have the most room for growth. Any one sort of stand out to you there? Yeah, it, it's tough with the guys that have a sample size of just four games. So I think it's worth looking at the guys that ha- that are in year two, year three, which you know we we can certainly circle back to because the ones that are in year two have come under a lot of fire, uh, especially Pickett and Ritter mm-hmm. at the top. And the guy going tonight might just be the most successful one out of that draft. Besides awesome. Purdy. Yeah. Well, there's Purdy. You right. forget about Purdy at the very end. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yes. Pur- Purdy's part of that, I suppose. And, you know, that makes a whole yeah. lot of sense. Uh, well, let's bring in Clev TA, uh, NFL analytics expert, to talk about this. Make sure to follow him on X at Clev TA and check out his website, clevanalytics.com. TA, thank you so much for joining us. When it comes to quarterbacks who are rookies, maybe a second year, someone like that, who do you feel like has the most upside? I know Brock Purdy's in the best situation, but which quarterback are you most optimistic about among the youngsters? Yeah, I think that's, uh, for me, it's Anthony Richardson. And look, I'm, a, I'm an Ohio State alum, so I love C.J. Stroud, uh, and he's doing great things so far. But he, he really excels with, he needs a clean pocket. Like, if he's got a clean pocket, he'll pick you apart. But, you know, from a pure upside and who can almost, you know, single-handedly, um, control the game. I think it's Anthony Richardson. I just think that, you know, he's got the arm. And these are the things that we heard prior to the draft. He's got all the tools. It's a matter of can he be accurate? Um, can he read a defense? And he's just – some of the throws that you see uh, on film are just incredible, like the things that you don't normally see for a guy that age. So um, between that and, and his running ability, I mean, you're already seeing in the Shane Steichen offense – um, some of the things that they can do with him. And so I, I for me personally, would say that it's uh, Richardson with just the highest kind of upside and, and can kind of run a franchise uh, here for the next couple of years. Uh, now the numbers at six. It looks like we've settled in for the moment uh, on Bears commanders at Washington as a heavy home favorite. Total 44 and a half fields coming off the best game of his career, but the Bears don't have much of a secondary. You know, commanders have a couple of wins, but their comeback wins uh, late. Howell taking a ton of sacks. How are you attacking uh, tonight's game? Yeah, so it, there's a really interesting, I'm not a, a blind trends player, but I think there are some situations that I think are worth at least discussing uh, mm-hmm. that make sense. And so, you know, Washington, I was on the commanders last week against Philly. They covered the, uh, 
the big big number there. And I, honestly, Ron Rivera, I, I can't. He needs to just uh, retire that riverboat name because I, I don't understand how you don't go for two there. It makes zero sense, especially when you're about to go to overtime and going to be a big dog. But um, you know, they they played a, a grueling game in division. Uh, played a bunch of plays in warm weather and teams coming off of an OT game and then having to play on a short week. I couldn't believe it when I ran the numbers. They're three and 21 against the spread since 2000, which like I said, I I had to shake my head. I couldn't believe it. Um, But this Chicago defense is just so atrocious and they're, they're so banged up in the secondary. And it looks like Jaquan Brisker, their safety is going to be out again, uh, out as well. In addition to Jalen Johnson and Kyler Gordon, and I don't even know if Eddie Jackson is going to play. So I don't know who's going to be in that. He's out. Eddie so Jackson's out. Can't back. Okay. So I just can't back this Bears team because I, I don't trust that defense. But I am backing the Bears offense. I'm going to t- I took the team total over 18 and a half. I think, I think it's still under 20, which obviously is, more, is a key number. So uh, if you can get under 20, that personally is what I'm on tonight. I, you know, they showed some signs of life last, last week. Obviously, it's a terrible Denver defense, but, you know, uh, baby steps, right? And they have scored at least 20 in three of their four games this year. It's not like they've been completely held down. So, you know, they do have the capability. We know that Justin Fields can make some plays. And as I mentioned, uh, you know, that the, the Washington defense is going to be tired. Um, yeah, on top of that 3-21 and 21 number, uh, just opposing team totals have gone over in 18 of 24 instances, so 75%, and over four points per game. So it's a pretty huge number. So I, I think it makes sense. Like, it doesn't – you don't need to, to understand trends to realize that you play, a, 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 a you know, five quarters essentially and then have to play on a short week. Like, you're going to be pretty tired. Stamina is an issue and, and you're going to have some weak legs. So I think that, that makes sense. And, you know, Washington's defense has just not been the same this year. Uh, as compared to last year, they're they're getting beat up uh, down the field. They've you know given up some huge numbers. Now they have a you know tough tough schedule, but they're just not you know putting the pressure that they they put on last year. And they've got a young secondary, so I think that the Bears can at least move the ball enough to get to twenty here. So that's my my angle on the game. Texans at Falcons, this number at two and one and a half, depending where you do your shopping. Stroud hasn't thrown an interception so far this season. And then Ritter on the other side, he's taking four sacks per game. What do you like in this matchup? You know, I'm on Atlanta here. Uh, I got them at minus two. I know it hit pick for a few minutes a couple days ago. Didn't get a chance to get around to it. But, you know, I think I think this should be more like three. Uh, and if you look at some of the look-ahead numbers and, you know, some of the, the lines before the season, this is more like a three-and-a-half. And, again, you've got to adjust. This is around the time of year that you really have to start um, evaluating your priors and what you thought of teams going into the season and what's actually occurred. And so, you know, looks like Houston is being upgraded maybe the most uh, along with Arizona and the NFL. And Atlanta is being downgraded off the last couple of weeks with, you know, Desmond Ritter's performance. And so, you know, I understand why uh, Houston took some money early, but I just think this has gone a little bit too far. You know, this this Houston team was just two and a half point favorites at home, you know, to Pittsburgh. Uh, so you're essentially telling me that, it, you know, that Pittsburgh is like five, six points better than, than Atlanta here. It doesn't make, it, it doesn't, you know, match up. So I think we've gone a little bit too far. And I think on the field, yeah, Stroud's been excellent, 
it's interesting. If you if you eliminate some garbage time uh, filters from, from his numbers, he's only 25th in completion percentage over expected, 20th in success rate, 22nd in EPA per play. So some of the advanced metrics don't look that great when you exclude garbage time. I mean, this team was just down like 31 to 13, I think, to the Colts uh, three weeks ago uh, in the third quarter. Like, they, you know, the last two weeks have been great, but they've caught a Jags team clearly looking ahead to back-to-back games in London, uh, you know, a couple of drop TD passes by Calvin Ridley in that game, some fluky plays, a you know, kick return touchdown by a fullback. And then last week, Pittsburgh coming off, uh, you know, a, a cross-country trip where they were getting delayed, uh, you know, on a plane. Like, there, there's things that was kind of odd. So neither team looked really ready to be there, you know, ready to play. And so I think, you know, from on the field, you know, situation, this Houston team, their real weakness is defending the run and defending uh, players in space. They're dead last. If you look at PFS um, run defense grades, they are second to last in, in tackle grades from PFF. They've actually had the second or sorry, third uh, highest missed tackle rate. So that's not something you want to have when you're going up against B. John Robinson and Tyler Algier. I think they're going to be able to control the line of scrimmage against Houston. And look, C.J. Stroud is great as he's, he's been. Like the, he's a rookie. Like these guys do have duds from time to time. And you know, all week that's all he's been hearing. And I'm sure everybody's been hearing. They're a young team. Houston is that you know how great they are and you know how improved they are. And this is it's a tough situation to all of a sudden go from being a big underdog and you know not expected to win to all of a sudden everyone's picking you to win. So I think that stuff matters. And I just think that you know Ritter at home will be a little more comfortable. You know, doesn't have to do much. Has just has to get his his playmakers a ball in space against those linebackers, and I think they'll be able to make plays. So I think Atlanta here under a field goal is a good number. Ta, we've reached the quasi quarter pole of the regular season, and no conversation with you is complete without talking about your Cleveland Browns. What is your evaluation of them through four games? I know they're on a bye this week, but what is your evaluation of them at the quarter pole? And do you feel like that at three to one on BetMGM, there's value on them betting uh, betting on them to win the AFC North? You know, I do have a um, uh, a ticket on them to win the North and to win the AFC from preseason, but I just think it's difficult at this point with where the Ravens are, you know, they're, they're, you know, obviously over a field goal favorite this week against Baltimore or against Pittsburgh. I expect them to win there. They're going to be three and zero in division already have a game up on everybody, uh, you know, obviously beat the Browns. So at this point, it's going to be really hard for the Browns to catch up or anybody to catch up if, if uh, Baltimore wins this game this week. So, you know, if you're interested in taking the Browns, I think you would wait until after this week because, you know, I think you'll just get a much better number if that's something you're interested in. So, you know, uh, personally, I wouldn't uh, be interested in that. I think that, you know, with the Chubb injury and, you know, we don't know what's going to happen here with Deshaun Watson. Obviously, you know, he thought he was okay to play last week. And then when it came to game time, he couldn't even throw the ball. And so who knows if he's going to be ready against the Niners next week. You know, and that's a tough matchup, clearly. So, you know, I, I don't think that, you know, backing them at this point makes a lot of sense uh, to win the division. You know, in terms of the overall you know, scheme of things, as long as Watson is okay, I still think they're fine. I mean, the defense is still tremendous. They were put in some tough spots last week against Baltimore. It was kind of a strange game. And, you know, I wouldn't put too much stock into it. Obviously, a rookie quarterback and thrown in last minute. I think that as long as Watson's okay, I think they'll be fine. Um, their offensive line needs to do a better job of run blocking. It's been a little bit unfair. Jerome Ford's coming in against, 
you know, between the, the Titans and the Ravens, that's two of the top five run defenses in the NFL. I mean, it's not, it's not going to be, it's not an easy task. So I wouldn't, you know, totally uh, look at the last two games as indication of what's going to happen for the rest of the season, but the offensive line needs to, to block better, but I think they'll be okay. I still think they're on track for a nine ten type of nine uh, ten win season and, you know, a shot at a wild card. So I, I still have hopes. And as long as uh, Watson's shoulders, okay, I still think they'll be fine. Let's stay in the division. Uh, Ravens Steelers this weekend. Ravens are favored by four. We're getting word yesterday that Kenny Pickett actually might be ready uh, to go. He says he's going to be ready to play. And you talked about trends earlier that you never want to blind bet them. But man, are are the numbers in this series between the Ravens and Steelers for the underdog. Uh, they, they can make you turn, even if uh, you're an anti-trends person, especially when it's a field goal or higher. Uh, how are you betting Baltimore-Pittsburgh? I'm not betting it yet. <laughs> I don't have anything on it okay. yet. You know, I think it's one of those things that if I do, it would be kind of a, a Ravens money line, maybe, you know, um, you know, pair it up with one of the big favorites, maybe in Miami, you know, uh, to get a better price. But, you know, I, I just – I understand that these games are always tight, but Lamar Jackson hasn't played. When's the last time he played against the Steelers? It's It's been a little while. So, you know, some of those games they've had Tyler Hunt, Huntley uh, in there, Anthony Brown. So – I'm not sure, you know, if the recent kind of close games are, are that relevant. And even prior to that, they had, you know, Big Ben was going up against Lamar. So this is really going to be the first time where Lamar is going to be, you know, clearly the best quarterback in the game. He's going to have a huge advantage. And it's not just the, you know, personally, like if I was betting Pittsburgh, I'd rather have Mitch Trubisky in there. I, I don't know why you would rush uh, Kenny Pickett, um, you know, with an injury. It's clearly not going to be 100%. Like, this isn't Patrick Mahomes here that you're trying to get on the field. Kenny Pickett has not played well. I mean, the guy bails out of the pocket with no pressure. He's just – he's completely seeing ghosts out there. So, I don't know why you'd want to put a guy who's hobbled in there. At least Trubisky, you know you can get some level of, of you know, um, consistency in the QB position that's, you know, not terrible. And he can make plays with his legs. So, uh, you know, if I was going to back this, I would actually would rather have uh, Trubisky in there if I'm a Pittsburgh backer. But – you know, the Ravens still have injuries themselves. They, I did see that they did get a, a bunch of players back, uh, you know, Ronnie Stanley and OBJ and uh, Rashad Bateman. And even, you know, I thought I saw uh, Marcus Williams, I think, and Marlon Humphrey uh, practice on a limited basis yesterday. So if they get another good practice report today, I, I think I might jump in on the Ravens money line just because this is going to be a lower scoring game. And when you're playing in Pittsburgh, you know, that the crowd gets into it and the defensive line with, with TJ Watt gets into it. And, you know, you could – could get a lower scoring uh, output here. And so the points are more valuable. So, you know, taking the money line might be a better route and pairing it up with, like I said, a Miami or even a Detroit uh, to get a better price. So that's the way I would look at it. I, when you look at some of the numbers, I mean, from a net success rate standpoint, the Ravens are number one in the NFL. The Steelers are dead last. So we're talking about a completely, you know, diametrically opposite uh, start of the season for these teams. So, you know, the only reason this line is, is low is because of that respect for Mike Tomlin and for the Steelers team historically i mean otherwise if the name wasn't pittsburgh steelers and you just looked at the numbers uh that these teams have produced i think this would be closer to like a five or six point spread i mean the the, the respect is the only reason why this this number is not not as high yeah i was thinking the same thing i used to cover the ravens and it's like 
their Super Bowl every time they play the Steelers. One possession, playoff type games. I want to ask you about the Dolphins. One book is now at 10 and a half. This spread at 11 against the Giants. Both teams coming off uh, embarrassing losses. What do you like in this matchup? We've got like 30 seconds. Yeah, I mean, it's really tough to, to touch the Giants at this point. They can't block anybody. They can't stop anybody. I mean, they're not they're dead last in offensive EPA per play, and they're 28th um, uh, on defense. So you've got both sides of the ball really struggling. They're, they're the worst tackling team in the NFL. That's a horrible uh, a spot to be in against this Miami offense. And, you know, it's a big number, but I would either look to – the team total for Miami, because I, I don't think that the Giants are going to stop them. If they do cover this number, it's just going to be a higher scoring game anyway. Um, or like I said, pair it up the money line with, with you know, a lower spread that you just want to get, you know, a win like a Baltimore. So I think that's the best way to play it. I, I hate taking big favorites, um, but the fact that Miami got blown out last week is a positive because they're going to be motivated. And we saw against Denver, like they're willing to, to lay it on you late. So you know, if a team is going to cover a big number, it would be a team like Miami. But I just always get nervous in the NFL laying big numbers like this, um, especially with a defense in Miami that has struggled, um, you know, so far this year. So to me, it's either team total Miami over uh, or just pair them up on a money line. Clev TA, find his work at clevanalytics.com and on X at Clev TA. Thank you so much for your time. We greatly appreciate it. This is BetQL Daily presented by BetMGM. Coming up next, NFL stat leaders that we like. That's right here on the BetQL Network. We'll be right back with BetQL Daily presented by BetMGM on the BetQL Network. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. 